What's good? You already know what time it is. Bronx Bias Podcast Episode 59. We letting this shit run today. This shit too crazy. This shit hard, bro. This shit is hard. Holy shit, man. Oh, I'm sweating, man. Holy shit. I wish you know what I'm going to do. And this is the worst intro ever. But this is like, this is what I'm going to do when I'm going to start doing. Like, hopefully when I get some like real deal video equipment, I'm going to start recording myself as I'm listening to these songs because these songs are great. That's why I choose them like this. This is why. Like, I need that energy. They just give me that energy. Holy shit. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 59 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there, busting their ass still, battling this COVID. And thank you to all the people who are out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, 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 very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com, B-R-O-N-X. B-I-A-S-P-O-D dot M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com. Bronx Bias Pod dot com. Bronx Bias Pod dot com. It is pretty long. <laughs> um, got hoodies on there. Got T-shirts. Got tote bags. We got COVID masks. We got stickers. Come on there. Fuck with me. If you support the show, if you support, you know, the pod and you like listening to it, 
Come fuck with me, man. I'm just a young black man trying to get some money in his pocket and stay out of trouble, man. So if you feel so inclined, the merchandise is there. It is quality material. So, you know, if you if you feel like, you know, giving giving your boy Denzel a few dollars for his services, it will be greatly appreciated. And I appreciate every single person who has gone and purchased merchandise. Truly, truly, truly appreciate it. So thank you guys who, who have supported. And I encourage more and more and more support. I encourage it. Let's keep this engine rowing the way it is. And it would help if you guys purchase some merch. So with all that being said, we are going to have a great, 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 great show today. Fully packed. And I'm in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing song. It made me sweat. <laughs> Open it up today. Uh, it is called Hot by Young Thug and Gunna off of the album. So much fun. And man, I don't know, man. I swear, Atlanta, man, there's something in the water. There's something in the water. I think that if you were born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, and you, you know, somehow, some way, it's either the Georgia peaches or there's something just in the water because Atlanta just makes or, you know, produces so many great artists. So many. It's crazy to me how many fantastic artists come from Atlanta, Georgia. It's crazy to me. I have to get down to Atlanta, man. I have to. I have to just to maybe just to be in that, you know, in that creative space you know just to be around it you know get the energy from it you know they say every like new york has energy it's fast-paced in new york it's energy it's like really you know atlanta man i think i need to go down there just to get some of that just to get some of that creative energy because there's so many great creatives that come out of atlanta so many great creators and, and musicians and all types of shit that comes from atlanta man so Shout out to Young Thug. Shout out to Gunna. Gunna went crazy on that shit, bro. And this is like the new style of rap. This is like melody in it, but he's still spitting and the shit still go. Like the beats is crazy still. Like that's the, that's the, you know, that's like kind of the evolution. Like if you were a golden era hip hop fan, you know, you grew up on Wu-Tang Clan and shit like that. And you grew up on Nas and you grew up on Old Hove. They weren't making music like this, but then, like, you know, everything evolves, and then a song like this comes out, and it blows your fucking socks off, because it's crazy. It's crazy. Shout out to Young Thug and Gunna, man. And I got a little thing on Young Thug and Gunna, too, at the end of the show. I'm going to save it. I, they did something that was super, super, super dope to me, and I'm going to talk about it a little later at the show, but god damn, that shit was hard, bro. Shout out to Young Thug and Gunna, man. Shout out to them. Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx Fact for today is... The Bronx Opera Company, or the BXO, founded in 1967, 
is the only opera company in New York City other than the Met to have produced operas in each year since its inception. The BXO's mission is to present operas as fully integrated works of musical theater set to great music by known and unknown composers. The BXO strives to broaden the audience for the art form. This broadening is accomplished by keeping ticket prices low, where no ticket to a performance will cost more than $35, performing all operas in English, and finally by all the work that they do with the schools and community organizations in the Bronx. All of this work strengthens the BXO, enabling them to carry the banner of the Bronx throughout the area and around the country and the world. For more information on the company, you can visit them at their website, bronxopera.org. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 59. Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, so we're getting right to the shits today. Our top topic for this week is New York City and its plans to fully reopen in July. First, before I read this, the story and play, you know, the stuff that I have for it. Um, let me say, I think that me playing hot today was a precursor um, to just what's going to end up happening. I think that this summer is going to be one of the wildest summers ever, ever, ever. Like, I think that this summer, summer 2021, is going to be one of the wildest summers ever. Like, maybe in the last 20 years. This is going to be one of the wildest summers in the last 20 years. Because remember, everyone's quarantined, everyone's been in the house, everyone's been doing limited shit. Most things have not been open at full capacity or not opened at all. A whole bunch of shit has been closed. People have been itching to go ham. And when the weather gets hot, everyone's go crazy, just automatically. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed this. Like, in the summer months, you know, you see, you just see people just be wilding. You just be in the street and be like, damn, niggas is wilding out here because it's hot outside. The sun, the strength of the sun, I don't know, it does something to people. So if you just take that, the summer where people usually go crazy anyway, because it's the summer, then you put on top of that, people have been in the fucking house for a year and change. I think this is going to be one of the wildest summers. I think this is going to be one of the wildest summers ever, bro. I really believe that. Anyway, so Young Thug and Gunna was like perfect for the beginning because it's hot. It's going to be so hot in New York. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, so before I read you this article, I'm going to play you uh, uh, a snippet from Bill de Blasio where he announced um, the plan to fully reopen the city um, in July. And and what are the factors um, that lead to fully reopening? Like, what are the things that they're looking to see? Um, before they really set this plan in stone. So I'll play this for you. He appeared on Morning Joe, which I believe is on, is it on CNN or MSNBC? One of the two. Um, and he announced the plan there. So here is New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Mayor, your real breaking news this morning. Oh, yes, the other plan. Our plan <laughs> is to fully reopen New York City on July 1st. We are mm. ready for stores here, here. to open, for businesses to open, offices, theaters, full strength because look 
What we're seeing is people have gotten vaccinated in extraordinary numbers, 6.3 million vaccinations in New York City to date. We're doing a lot to reach people at the grassroots. I love this part. The American Museum of Natural History is providing free vaccinations under the blue whale and giving away free admissions for anyone who comes, four free admissions. If you get vaccinated, go over and do it today, everyone. But look, we know the vaccination effort is going to grow and grow. We got to keep working hard at that. But what's amazing is every single day we're beating back COVID more and more. Hospitalizations mm. down. You know, we're just seeing a better situation every day. We're ready to take that pathway to a full reopening. So that's a little bit uh, about what de Blasio had to say about the uh, reopening plan, the full reopening plan. Um, but according to the uh, New York City.gov website, NYC.gov, um, they have here... Uh, a small snippet here about COVID, small article, I should say, about COVID, and where it says, under new variants slash strains, people in New York City have tested positive for five variants of the virus that causes COVID-19. These variants are more transmissible than other variants and may cause more severe illnesses. One variant called B117 was first reported in the UK and has been found in other countries and in US states. The second variant recently found in New York City, B1351, was first reported in South Africa. B1427 and B1429 were both first identified in California. And the P1 variant, which was first identified in Brazil, have also been identified in New York City. Preliminary studies suggest that vaccines authorized for use in the United States will provide protection against these variants. Additional studies are ongoing. New York City will continue monitoring for strains types of variants that show meaningful differences in how they function and other variants that have been identified and reported in New York State. So, again, my stance on vaccines is how do you feel about it? Do you feel like this will help you get it? If you feel that way, get it. If you feel like you're unsure and you just want to wait a little longer, like, you know, what I'm saying, let's see if more data comes out. What are the long term side effects? What are the short term side effects? Is it even worth it? Would we say if the majority of people get vaccinated, is it worth even me getting vaccinated? If everyone else is vaccinated, do I need to get vaccinated? That's a legitimate concern. And if you're at the all the way at the other end of the spectrum and say, fuck that shit, I'm not getting it. You are within your rights as well. You know, I think like you just have to make the best decision for you. If you're a person with young children, you probably are going to say, you know, what? I got to protect my kids. I don't want anything to happen to my kids. So I'm going to get this shit. If you are a person who deals with elderly people, if you have a lot of elderly people in your family and you take care of them, or if they live in the house with you, you probably, probably can be like, damn, I got to get this shit. I don't want to fuck around and mess up uncle or aunt or, you know, grandma or grandpa. I don't want to, you know, potentially, you know, expose them to anything. Um, if you are a person who works in the medical field, you probably like, damn, I got to get this shit because I'm in the medical field. People could come in with full blown symptoms and I don't want to catch it. You know what I'm saying? So it's all up to you. It's all up to what you feel is comfortable, comfortable to you or whatever your life circumstance is. You know, there's a lot of times where you make sacrifices for the people around you. If you're a parent, you know full and well the sacrifices you have to make for your kids. Big facts. And I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to act like I personally know because I don't have kids that I raise. But I know that 
you have to make sacrifices for your children. And if even if you're on the fence about the vaccine, if you saying, man, I got to keep my kids safe, you're probably going to go and get it. You know what I'm saying? It's just a matter of what you feel is the best decision for yourself. If you feel like you need this shit just so you could even just get back to your pre-COVID life. Like, I'm even thinking about that shit. Like, I've seen old photos of me in, like, 2017, 2018, 2019, right? And the way that we were living, especially in New York, where everything in New York is small. If, if you've ever, a person, maybe if you're not from here, if you ever visit New York, you're going to notice, or if you're a resident, of course, you know that everything is small in New York. So restaurants are small. Bars are small, right? Little museums and stuff is small. Public spaces to gather, like in indoors, is small. Um, we be packing ourselves into places like fucking sardines. I looking at pictures from like back in the day, day pre-COVID, and I'm like, yo, we were fucking wildin'. Like I'm looking at pictures of and packed in a club, packed in a bar, packed in a lounge. You know, 4,000 people in a fucking broom closet that they call the bar. You know what I'm saying? Like, or getting on the subway, you know, in the morning, going to work or um, rush hour, coming home. We were fucking cramming ourselves into places. So now with COVID, it's like, damn, you know, you don't really see that no more. There will be no overcrowding. You know, (laughs) there is going to be no overcrowding. Like, you no one's playing that. Um, So... You know, you even just have to even take that into consideration. Before COVID, we would go and overcrowd every place in New York, at least. I can't speak for any other place. Now with COVID, everyone is on is more um, aware of that. So, you know, it used to be for me, like if I was running late for work and the train came and it was full to capacity, you better fucking believe I'm squeezing my ass in there. Now it's like if the train comes and it's packed... Nah, bro, I think I'm going to wait for the next one. <laughs> you know, so it's really just about how much life has changed in this short period of time due to COVID and how you feel about, you know, what will happen moving forward post COVID. You know, um, as far as the vaccines, I don't I'm, I'm one of those people who are, quote unquote, on the fence. I just want to wait a little while longer. I just I want to wait a little while longer. I'm not someone who does not believe in vaccines. I've been vaccinated for things like measles and mumps and all that shit, rubella and polio and whatever shit they give you as I've been vaccinated. So it's not like I've never done that before, but. I'm really just on the fence. I just think of it, the vaccine, like an an iPhone, just to keep it simple for my own brain. When the new iPhone comes out, right, and, you know, people wait online for it to get the first one or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, when a new iPhone comes out, there's always reports, like, on Wired or on, like, uh, uh, tech websites like The Verge or like uh, uh, Mashable, shit like that, right? Of like bugs and like system errors with the new iPhones, right? Because they're brand new, this new technology. And then maybe a month later or two months later, Apple will release a software update or a hardware update. You could return the old iPhone, get a new one that doesn't have these problems because it took time. Like you, you testing it, you're using it every day. What's wrong with it? What works? What doesn't work, right? I just think of that same way like a vaccine, if the vaccine comes out 
you just just wait wait for the data okay people ages 18 to 24 who got the vaccine experienced what did they experience side effects nausea heartburn indigestion whatever people you know 25 to 30 what did they experience 30 to 35 etc 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 how does it affect people in certain age ranges how does it affect people of different races how does it affect people with pre-existing conditions and once more information is available then i'll feel more comfortable in making my decision um that's just how i think about it it's like i want to see more information you know i i want to say maybe i'm cautiously cynical i guess like i'm cynical because i just want to take every precaution I'm not just going to be like, oh, put it in, like, <laughs> you know, you know, jam that shit in. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't turn my nose down on someone who had that thought. You know what I'm saying? So as far as it's concerned, and we'll wrap it up with this vaccines. Hey, it's just a matter of what you decide is best for you. Now, again, if you're a person who says I'm not getting the vaccine, hey, you within your right to say that. But you better not be outside with no fucking mask on. That's what I'll say. If you saying you don't want no vaccine, fine. Hey, you got you got a you got with every right to to say what goes in, and what does not go into your body. That's a fact, straight up. You better not be outside with no va- mask on. You better not be the person who don't want a social distance. You better not be the person without that hand sand or who ain't washing their hands and trying to touch everybody. I know that. You know, there's a whole bunch of people who say, I ain't getting that shit, fuck that shit, blah, 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 because they think they Superman. They walking outside without a mask on, and then they in the fucking bed saying, damn, what happened? You know what I'm saying? And I'm a person who wear the mask diligently. I wear my mask like it's a second skin. My mask is like a second beard, okay, on my face. I still caught the shit. You know what I'm saying? I still caught the shit, and that shit is no fucking joke. That shit is no fucking joke. I'm so thankful that I was able to survive. But let me tell you something. That shit is not a game. COVID is not a game. It's not a fucking game, bro. (laughs) It's not. So, you know, you just got to make the best decision for yourself. But mark my words. Today, I'm recording. It is Saturday, May the 1st. This is when I'm recording this episode. I guarantee to you, the summer officially starts, officially, according to the calendar, on, what is it, June 21st, right? June 21st or June 20th. This is going to be one of the wildest summers in the history of the world. I guarantee, I can see the headlines now. Local man does some wild shit, or local women do, do some wild shit. I can, can, fam, I can see it already. I can see it already. So I tell you what, at least for this podcast, <laughs> the 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 news is gonna be juicy. Okay. My shows are gonna write them fucking selves. Okay. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, but again, be safe out there, guys. COVID is real. You know, be safe, man. Social distance, wear the mask, wash the hands. If you feel like the vaccine is in your best interest, get it. And if you like me and you want to wait for more data to come out, you're within your right to do that as well. Also, if you don't want to get the shit at all, you're within your right as well. Um, you know, just be safe out there, guys, because we don't want we don't want to lose any more people to this shit. man. We don't. We lose so many people so every day, you know, due to all these things, freak accidents or the police or gang violence or, you know, all these things that happen. Let's not lose any more people to this shit. 
man. Let's be safe out there. So that's that's really just all I got on it. Be safe out there. If you want to get that vaccine, get it. If you want to wait, you can wait. And if you don't want to get that shit at all, don't get it if you don't want to. If you don't want to. Um, but be safe out there because this shit is no fucking joke. No joke at all. Correct! And so moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S, neighborhood N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, neighborhood N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying this and repeating it for the one millionth time because ask you guys weekly to send in comments questions concerns feedback constructive criticism whatever you have for me and you guys are the best you guys never let me down and i'm so thankful for it so we are going to answer some of the questions that we have received here the first one says what is an unpopular musical opinion that you have wow i have a lot of unpopular musical opinions I have a lot of unpopular musical opinions. Um, Let me think. Let me just let me paint with a broad brush here because I might get too much into backpacker, you know, underground hip hop type shit. Uh, Unpopular musical opinion. I think that let's talk about my guy, Kanye, because that's really my favorite hip hop musician ever. Really ever. Um, Jay-Z is the greatest rapper ever. And that opinion won't change for me. But Kanye is my favorite hip hop musician ever, ever 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 my unpopular musical opinion about kanye is two twofold one yeezus the album is a top three kanye album ever top three okay my ranking for kanye's albums number one my beautiful dark twisted fantasy the greatest hip-hop album ever fucking created fight me okay if you don't believe it fight me two the college dropout you already know the fucking vibes and three is yeezus for me Yeezus is a top three Kanye album. And two, going off of Yeezus, um, there's a growing sentiment that people do not like, quote unquote, new Kanye. They don't like it. They would prefer old Kanye, meaning, you know, dropout era, late registration, graduation, 808s and heartbreak, you know, that era of Kanye. And I'm a person who I really enjoy new Kanye. I really like it. I really, really like new Kanye. And I think I'm like, really in the minority on that you know there's a whole bunch of people out there who talk about oh we miss the old kanye and we don't like the new kanye blah blah blah. i'm a person who loves new kanye there are certain things within it that i don't like um slavery was not a choice that was a really poor choice of words a really hurtful thing to say the maga hat was straight up bullshit running for president was straight up bullshit even though he's a i'm never gonna say a black man can't achieve greatness so it's twofold with that he shouldn't be running for president because you're gonna take votes away from people who probably should be receiving them more qualified but at the same time you can't tell a black man he can't achieve greatness so it's twofold with that but in terms of the discography new kanye you can't argue with it if we have to think about the timeline too when does quote unquote new kanye start Right, because if you think about his album discography, it's college dropout that was first, then late registration, then graduation, then 808s and heartbreaks, then it was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, then it was watch the throne, then cruel summer, then Jesus, 
then what was after Jesus? Uh, Life of Pablo, um, and then Yay, then Kitsy Ghost, and finally Jesus is King. So that's a lot of music. I would say in my head, new Kanye started, would say with Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer was a good music compilation album um, that came out in 2012. If you're someone who says, okay, boom, I don't like new Kanye music. I like old Kanye music. What is it that you don't like? Because I'm just going to read you some of these tracks from all the new quote unquote new Kanye albums. You tell me if they're trash or if they're good. And that doesn't even include the features that he did, the... Um, guest production work that he did the um all the other shit that's just not solo kanye like I, I, whatever we, we just gonna get into it cruel summer you tell me if these songs is trash and you don't like these songs first click <laughs> okay mercy new god flow cold okay what don't like remix oh my god that was one of the best songs of 2012 fraud niggas y'all niggas that's that shit i don't like yo shit make believe rapping about my own life Woo. okay i can't i can't even get into it you telling me that that's a bad album cruel summer okay what about yeezus a lot of people don't like yeezus said it's too aggressive it's too hard it hurts my ears to listen to you bugging yeezus i'm gonna read you the track list on site banger black skinhead banger i'm a god banger new slaves banger hold my liquor banger I'm in it. Banger. <laughs> Blood on leaves. Banger. Guilt trip. Banger. Send it up. Banger. Bound to banger. 10 bangers, bro. Are you really listening to this shit? Or are you just going off of what other people are saying? And the best thing about Yeezus is it's one of the most aggressive, hard to listen to albums in terms of like, dang, what's the word? Like sonically, I guess, like because of the he used very aggressive sounds very aggressive sounds in the song and in the songs because that was i guess his inspiration or his state of mind at the time but then he ends the fucking album with bound Two, singing about the love of his life with fucking charlie wilson this guy's incredible i love him next life of pablo ultralight beam father stretch my hands part one father stretch my hands part two famous feedback highlights freestyle four i love kanye uh waves real friends wolves 30 hours, no more parties in LA, Facts, Fade, St. Pablo. Are you telling me that's a bad album? Are you telling me that? Come on, man. Yay. Now, Yay was probably an album of his that I really, I think I liked the least, but it's still not bad. I thought about Killing You is a good song. Yikes is a good song. All Mine is a good song. Wouldn't Leave. It's okay. I, not my favorite. No Mistakes. Charlie Wilson went crazy on there. Ghost Town. Are you fucking kidding me? The first time I heard Ghost Town, I'm not even lying to you, I was on the train was it ghost town or violent crimes it was ghost town i think i was on the train it came out in 2018 i started i was tearing up i'm not lying like it made me have an emotional reaction on the fucking subway bro are you shitting me come on and finally um kitsy ghost kanye and cuddy is like peanut butter and jelly my nigga are you kidding me i got the fucking kitsy ghost is so good i got this shit on my wall bro Feel the Love, Fire, Fourth Dimension, Free, Reborn, Kitsy Ghost, and Cuddy Montage. What? Are you kidding me? Jesus is King was a gospel album, so I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say it was trash because, you know, he's talking about God. I'm, <laughs> I can't come out here and say the shit was trash and he's talking about his Lord and Savior or his beliefs in terms of religion. Come on, man. I'm not, I'm not going to do that to him. I'm not going to do that in general. Um, but yeah, there's no way that you can say that 
what you have to explain to me what about new kanye is it that you don't like i understand the shit that he says the shit that he does that's very you know that's a turnoff for sure but in terms of the music nah b nah b and i'm a certified kanye apologist i am i'm certified i got the stamp i'm a kanye apologist i love the brother man i love him i love him he made some of the greatest music of my entire life like what i love him i love the brother so i am a kanye apologist but still you can't tell me that from whenever you think new kanye started and i think it's cruel summer 2012 that the music has been really really trash it hasn't been it hasn't been and kanye's a person who makes a different type of album every time if he was if he made the college dropout seven different times you would say he doesn't do anything different. You don't like that. I'm seeing that right now with the baby. They say, oh, the baby just used the same bullshit flow. The baby, you know, he he rap of these stupid ass beats and he used the same flow on every single song. People are already getting tired of it. And the first time I ever heard of the baby was 2018. So it's only been three years since he since I've been aware of him. People are saying that they're tired of his style. If Kanye makes the same album from 2004 to 2021, you're going to say the same thing. He changes album each time. And again, I, I know I rant too long on him. I could do a whole I could do a whole hour and 30 minutes on Kanye West. I could do two hours on Kanye West just off the top, off the dome. That's how much I love the brother, man. So I'm a certified Kanye apologist. I'm a Kanye stan. I am. You know, hey, whatever, man. The nigga made flashing lights, bro. The nigga made my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, bro. Come on, my G. Niggas in Paris, bro. Niggas was in Paris. How can you sit here and tell me you don't like this guy? Anyway, that's too much. But yes, that is my unpopular musical opinion. Yeezus by Kanye West is a top three album in his discography. And new Kanye is actually very good. Very, very good. Next. And I'll probably disappoint. <laughs> This is probably be my last one because you know me. But you know what? Actually, no. Fuck that. Fuck that. You tuned in for a podcast. You're going to hear some motherfucking talking, okay? The next question I have says, what has been the funniest or the most aggravating thing that you have recently seen on social media? Okay, okay, okay. So, again, Twitter, I love, I really enjoy Twitter, man. I swear. When I first got it at the end of 2019, I hated it because I didn't understand it. I didn't like it because I was like, I don't know how to use this shit. I don't know how this works. What the fuck is a retweet? What's the difference between a retweet and a like? Why do I see likes on the timeline and I retweet? Like, I just didn't understand it. That's why I didn't like it. But, you know, the more I use it, the more I see how it works, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy Twitter. But at the same time, there's a whole bunch of people on Twitter who just be saying a whole bunch of bullshit for the sake of bullshit. And... This has been the funniest slash the most aggravating thing for me because it is kind of funny, but it is also aggravating to me. We're going to talk about an old song from back in the day. This song was called Six Foot Seven Foot by Lil Wayne off of the Carter Four. One of the rapidly rappiest songs ever. And Lil Wayne is so nice, bro. He's so nice. Like, I know that, you know, when I have children, I'm going to make sure that all the music that I grew up listening to, at least they get a chance to hear it and they get a chance to, you know, formulate their own opinions. If my son, my daughter, you know, or my even my significant other is like, yo, I don't fuck with Lil Wayne. 
it's going to be hard for me to look at them the same way. I'll tell you that. But anyway, anyway, that's getting off the point. Um, it's this started with uh, this aggravating thing on Twitter started with um, the uh, profile on Twitter called the needle drop. I believe his name is Anthony Fantano or Zantano, one of the two. And he basically is a, um, a music reviewer. And he, he's been famous for um, listening to albums and he'll do YouTube videos and he'll review albums. He'll talk about the things he likes, he didn't like, things like that. And he started a thread on Twitter that said, what is some of your um, unf unfavorable music opinions? Just like kind of like the first question I got. And this shit really blew my shit. So I'm going to start, I'm going to read you some of these tweets and I'm saying their at names too. Because <laughs> I don't want to take people's shit and not give them credit for it, really. Um, really. So remember, six foot, seven foot was off the Carter Four, and it was Lil Wayne featuring Corey Guns. Corey Guns is a Bronx rapper, gang, gang, and he is the son of Peter Guns, another Bronx rapper, gang, gang. Um, so I'm going to read you some of these tweets. Corey Guns really fucked up six foot, seven foot, unhappy face. Why did, oh, and that was from at Anita to Benita. To the next one from at Brandon Fields. Why did Lil Wayne let Corey Guns get on six foot, seven foot? From it's K at it's K. Lil Wayne should have left Corey Guns verse off of six foot, seven foot. From at Sky High Dashius. Six foot, seven foot absolutely slapped. And then Corey Guns got on it. Face palm emoji. From at Call Me Euro. Corey Guns needs to be arrested for that crime he committed on six foot, seven foot. <laughs> From at Justin Augustus, the lyrical slaughter Wheezy dropped on six foot, seven foot, and then Corey Guns got on there talking about fucking lima beans. <laughs> Corey Guns came in so whack on six foot, seven foot. That was from at Taj Reeves. From at I admit, started rapping Corey Guns' verses on six foot, seven foot, and my dog Cheech started barking at me. <laughs> uh, from at Taylor Simone, can we sign a petition to take Corey Guns' verse off of six foot, seven foot? From uh, the Lord Enjoyer, <laughs> Wayne rapped on six foot seven foot like it was the last verse he was ever gonna spit, and then he put Corey Guns right after him, like he could even compare LMFAO. <laughs> From at Brian Bernal, Corey Guns' first bar after Lil Wayne had one of the greatest verses of all time on six foot seven foot was "fucking word to my mom, I'm out of my lima bean." <laughs> Holy fucking shit! That is the worst thing I've ever heard. It makes me so mad. <laughs> And the last one from at Derek Chalmers says, uh, Corey Guns on six foot, seven foot. I went from this shit bangs to turn this shit off. Let me tell you something. That shit really blew mine. It blew mine. One, because Corey Guns is from the fucking Bronx. You know me. I'm repping. If you're from the Bronx and you do something substantial, you got a fan out of me for life. So the Cardi B can do no wrong in my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Bronx legend. Jesus and Meryl, Bronx legends, okay? J-Lo, she breaks, gets married, engaged to every nigga on the planet and divorces the, or breaks off the engagement, has more rings than fucking Thanos, has infinity stones, still can do no wrong in my fucking eyes because she's from the Bronx. So you're going to sit here and tell me Corey Guns on fucking six foot, seven foot was trash? Are you kidding me? So what I did was, and I'm going to make you motherfuckers listen to this because it just really made me mad. I'm going to play you Corey Guns' verses on six foot, seven foot. This shit is fucking hard. 
it's it's a great verse i don't understand the revisionist history i remember when six foot seven foot came out we was all trying to rap Corey guns's verse i remember that shit you gonna sit here now and tell me 10 years later that it was trash no way no way so guess what because these idiots on Twitter made me so mad, you guys are going to have to listen to Corey Guns on Six Foot Seven Foot because I contend that this shit is still hard, still, still holds its weight. So this is Corey Guns, Bronx legend on Lil Wayne's Six Foot Seven Foot. Jumped in a wishing well, now wish me well, tell them kiss my ass, call it kiss and tell, yeah, word to my mama, I'm out of my llama bean, don't wanna see what that drama mean, get some drama mean, mama scream, hotter than summer sun on a Ghana queen, now all I want is hits, bitch, Wayne signed a bean, play the side view, niggas is trying to front and see, son of guns, son of Sam, you niggas the son of me, pause for this dumbest speech, how could you say this is trash, how, Bitch, I flow like scuba. Bitch, I'm bold like Cuba. And I keep a killer hoe. She gon' blow right through ya. I'll be hanging by my second amount. I pack like a mover. Shout the rat, you for backing out on behalf of my shooter. Niggas think they high as high. I come laugh at your ruler. Cash money, cold bitch, but I actions is cooler. Wait, these niggas out of their mind on the zone. These fuck niggas so many times. Gotta keep them bucks. They be on my mind. Tuck these, I fuck these on your mind. Pause. I feed them on my grind. Get a bit a little up. Keep on my sign in the middle. Hit them up. Peace on my side. Cause ain't no peace on my side. Bitch, I'm a man. I visit urinals with brides Don't tell me too, I'm shooting in the funeral outside I'm uptown, thoroughbred BX Nigga, you heard gonna, gonna, gonna Bro You sitting here trying to tell me That that was trash? Hold on, where the fucking gunshots? Where are my gunshots? Y'all crazy, bro Y'all are crazy Y'all are crazy Corey Guns fucking snapped, bro, on six foot seven foot. It's a tra- it's a shame too because I'm thinking this guy. He I remember at the time the verse came out and everyone was like, "Yo, Corey about to go crazy!" Like you know the the borough was on fire and nothing really materialized out of his music career in full. He never achieved mainstream success beyond the great verse on six foot seven foot. Um, but he's still a motherfucking Bronx legend. God damn it. He's still a Bronx legend, and I will not tolerate any Bronx slander, especially when it's not even merited. That verse is fire. Still. Still. I'm not going to rap it because I'm not going to do it justice. You just heard it. That shit is fire still, bro. I'm hotter than the summer sun on a Ghana queen. What? What? Come on, man. Come on. So, yes, that, that's my answer. Twitter is the greatest slash most aggravating place in the world. That's a fact. And the last question I have for you guys today says, what is an athlete, a musician, a public figure, or a pop, politician? I'm sorry. What What is an artist, athlete, public figure, or politician who does not get celebrated as much as they should? Now, you see, I can't answer each one, so I'll just... Which one will I choose? Athlete, musician, public figure, politician. Um, I'll choose musician because I talked about music for all these questions. So, of course, when when the word underrated gets said out loud, of course, in my mind, the first person's name that comes to my mind is MF Doom. MF Doom, rest in peace. That is the most that is underrated as underrated gets. Um, but I'm not gonna say him. 
uh who doesn't get celebrated as much as they should musician you know who i'm gonna say you know i'm gonna say really honestly tyler the creator i'm gonna give him flowers i'm gonna give him his flowers i think that tyler the creator doesn't get as celebrated and maybe he and of course he does people who are aware generally speaking i'm never talking about people who know music or people who are into this shit I'm always talking about the surface level type people who are sort of fans, who don't really know much, things like that. I think that Tyler, the creator, is is not as celebrated as he should be, especially because of his evolution. When Tyler, the creator, first came out, when we when I first got wind of him, he was just a rebellious kid. He was a kid. He was like 19. And he would do wild shit. He would like to, you know, he would set things on fire. He would break things. He would break windows and jump off the stage and trash hotel rooms and rap. He had like shock value rap. So he would say wild shit. Like he would just say some of the wildest shit that you would, you know, put in a in a in a verse. Because he was just a young rebellious kid, you know. <laughs> that's what young rebellious people do i'm looking at sometimes watching old videos of myself hanging out with like in high school and i'd be cringing bro because i'd be like damn look at you you're such a fucking idiot i just be saying that about myself so you know obviously if if you're think about it, if you just graduated from high school and you're around your friends and y'all just do wild shit all the time that's what the music gonna sound like that's what the you know that's what the vibe is gonna be and Odd Future inspired that wave. It was just a whole bunch of kids who go to festivals and rage. That was Odd Future at his peak. But I think that, um, yeah, Tyler is because of his evolution. Because he went from the kid who was saying, you know, uh, my bitch suck dick like she sucked dick. That was one of his songs, Big Facts. That's not even a lie. Eating a cockroach in the Yonkers video, which is crazy. To now producing an album like Igor. Like that full you know evolution of him as an artist i think is something that makes him maybe not as appreciated his growth from skateboarding you know breaking things throwing shit on fire to making actually really multi-layered you know multi-faceted music like you know what i'm saying if you listen to igor if you listen to flower boy even cherry bomb to an extent you see his musical evolution and then when you learn Igor, he did all the shit literally by himself. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Like, if you have not heard Tyler, the Creator's Igor or Tyler, the Creator's Flower Boy, listen to it. And then, you know, just just listen to it and then go back and listen to his first album called Goblin. And you're going to see what I'm talking about. You know, on Goblin, he's, he's talking crazy shit like oh, I'm a killer or, you know, I did wild shit. I snorted a whole bunch of cocaine and jumped off a building. You know, I'm just making that up. But then when you fast forward to now Flower Boy and Igor, you're like, dang, this nigga really like evolved and became a real musician other than just a rebellious kid with, you know, access to a studio, I think. So in a very long way, um, that is my answer. Uh, Tyler, the creator, is a musician who I believe should be celebrated more than he is because of his musical evolution. And that's my answer. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, guys, for the questions. I truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you for putting up with me and my fucking scatterbrain motor mouth tendencies. 
I truly appreciate it. And um, again, I look forward to answering more and more and more and more of you guys' questions. So don't be shy, man. Don't be shy. Send them in. Send in a comment if you have one, a question. Um, I will not ignore you and I'll hopefully get a chance to read it on the show. Um, thank you guys once again for the questions. I really appreciate it. Next on the docket is one of the basic, greatest stories I've read all week, maybe all year. This is some. This is one of the greatest scamming stories ever now we have documented scamming on this podcast on a number of ways because i believe scamming never sleeps um we've talked about people trying to use get those ppp loan scams like homie from the jets who got busted using ppp loans and you know basically as a scam trying to get money and buying a whole bunch of bullshit we've talked about um the scam of uh the fucking bullshit company sending me a letter in the mail saying pay this certain amount of money to secure the Bronx Buys podcast trademark, even though I already did that shit. We have talked about scamming as a, a, uh, even, uh, what's shorty, uh, Jessica Krug, the white lady who pretended to be black for her entire life, <laughs> you know, and became a writer and a college professor and all that shit pretended to be black. So, um, we, we have covered scamming on this podcast in a number of ways, but this certain scam in particular brought one of the biggest smiles to my face in in maybe maybe all year, maybe all year. The headline for this story of scamming reads, Japanese man arrested for simultaneously dating 35 women to get birthday gifts. <laughs> A Japanese man took dating to the next level after reportedly simultaneously being involved with at least 35 women in order to receive a steady influx of birthday gifts. Japan Today reports that 39-year-old Takashi Miyagawa has been arrested in Osaka, Japan for his serial relationship scheme as authorities launched a probe into accusations that he scammed several women by leading them to believe he was serious about dating them for the long haul. In turn, these women gave him around 100,000 yen in gifts or $766 American worth, which consisted of smaller birthday gifts of money and clothing, the publication writes. <laughs> Miyagawa also allegedly gave each woman a different birthday date. A 47-year-old woman claimed he told her his birthday was February 22nd, while a 40-year-old woman said that he's that he said his birthday was in July, and a 35-year-old thought that his birthday was in April. This tactic was apparently used to ensure that he would always be receiving gifts. It seems that when the women found out about his duplicitous behavior, they unified, formed a victim's association, and spoke to authorities last February. He reportedly met at least 35 of his victims through his job at a marketing company which sells shower products. Police are in looking into whether or not more women were involved in Miyagawa's scam. Uh, more details to come later. Man, let me tell you something. This is one of the greatest scams ever. In, in my opinion, of course, in my opinion. Let me meet all these different women. Let me make them believe that I, of course, I'm interested in them. I want to be with them. I want to marry them or whatever. And let me tell them each one that I have a different birthday. 
so so i could get a gift every month of the year that's fucking lit bro that's lit and i'm sorry that these women got of course of course i'm sorry that these women got taken advantage of i'm sorry that they you know lost out on their money and they got manipulated and duped Uh, let me just make sure i say that i'm sorry that that happened to these women but that shit is fucking hilarious bro and that's just a great idea let me see how i can get a gift every month let me you know meet these people you know and make them believe that i really am into them just so they could buy me shit you know and and don't y'all out there start making them stink faces because we know about the sugar daddy culture we know about the sugar mama culture it's not like it's something that's foreign to us Okay, this is not for this, I'm not talking about kids here. I'm talking about grown ass niggas and grown ass women who are dating elderly people for what they give them, for what they can provide for them monetarily. So let's not act like we don't know about the sugar mamas out here and the sugar daddies. Okay, let's not act like it. So don't turn your nose up at my guy, homie Miyagawa. Okay, he just wanted to get a gift every month. You feel me? But anyway. I think that that is just one of the best like ideas ever. I wonder when that shit came to him. Like he was probably just sitting at work and said he worked at a marketing company. So when you work with marketing, you have access to information on people because you want to market certain products to them. So women, of course, if it was a shower or bath company that he was working for, of course, there's going to be a bunch of women there. Women love to use different products in the in grooming, groom, different grooming products. So there's going to be a list of women. He can target them. He probably knows a little bit what they like because you have to market to them to sell them the products. And he's like, yo, I know literally so much about these women. I can literally fake a persona and get whatever I want. Like, I think that shit is fucking hilarious. I think it's fire. And I'm I'm kind of low-key bad he got caught. I wanted to see how far he could go with it. <laughs> so this is already scam of the year. When I do at the end of the year, I, I do yearly awards like Caucasity of the Year, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Moment of the Year, etc. This will be the I already know. Unless something happens over the summer or in the you know in the fall or in the winter of this year. This is the scam of the year. This is the scam of the year, 100%. Because this is something that I never even, my brain wouldn't even get to this point, like, of this. So, shout out, big love, to the scammer of the year. I'm, I'm marking it down right now. The scammer of the year, big shout out to Takashi Miyagawa from Osaka, Japan. And round of applause for you for your amazing, amazing accomplishment this year. Next on the docket, let's talk about mental health. Um, you know, on this podcast, I've had uh, two two speakers as guests uh, who who are dealing who deal with mental health or who are in the mental health field. Um, it was Jamal Blake and it was uh, Clara Keeley. Jamal Blake was on episode 46. Um, he started the Black Matter Apparel brand um, in New York. He's from the Bronx as well. Um, he has a mental health brand. He uh, also you know, posts a lot of things about mental health. Um, and also I had Clara Keeley from, the, uh, from NAMI NYC, which stands for the National Alliance on Mental Illnesses in New York City. 
And, you know, why I had them on the show was I feel like it's extremely important to talk about mental health. Oh, I also had, um, man, I, I'm about to forget it. Dang, how could I? I also had Miss Andrea Marie, uh, an artist and also a mental health advocate on the show. She talked about mental health as well. Um, but really, the reason why I had um, wanted to have these speakers come on and talk about it is because it's something that is very important, at least to me. Um, I think that the effects of untreated mental health uh, issues could be life-threatening, could be extremely deadly, and could ruin your quality of life and for the people around you. And also, it's important to know how to support others who are dealing with these issues. It's also important to be able to know how to uh, to spot it and maybe suggest things to help your fellow person who you can see is dealing with a mental health issue. And I believe that awareness is one of the most important things to helping aid people who will suffer from these things. You know, if you're a person out there with anxiety or depression or PTSD or schizophrenia or, you know, an eating disorder or anything like that, you know, it should you should have the space where people, you know, people will support you, that there are places to go to get support and that, you know, you're going to be okay as long as you know how to cope and deal with these issues. And, um, you know, one thing about mental health is sometimes people treat it like, you know, people who have issues with their mental health, like they're outcasts or they don't belong or things like that. And that's just completely wrong. And especially in law enforcement, especially in law enforcement, where someone could be having a panic attack or an anxiety attack or, you know, a, a issue that was brought on by their maybe undiagnosed schizophrenia. And, you know, a, a law enforcement, you know, agent will look at them as a, a criminal or someone who needs to be restrained or they use excessive force. And it's a lot of the times not necessary. And that is why something like awareness, at least to me, is is very important. It's very, very important. So with all that being said, I would like to read you a nice story. And it's going in New York, my state. I'm very happy about it. At least in New York City, I should say my city. Very happy to read something like this. So this is from a local this is from the local news station in New York called Pix Eleven. And this is on their website. This is an article. It reads the headline. Social workers, EMS, and not the NYPD to respond to nonviolent mental health calls citywide. A pilot program that has kept NYPD officers away from many mental health crisis calls in parts of Manhattan will expand to every precinct citywide. Mayor Bill de Blasio announced on Monday. The program tested this spring in three uh, in three Harlem and East Harlem police districts relies on social workers and EMS to respond to nonviolent mental health crisis calls. We are now convinced that this approach is going to work citywide, de Blasio said of the program during a budget briefing on Monday. So for mental health crisis calls, we're going to take that civilian approach and use it in all precincts in the city in the course of the upcoming fiscal year. One in five New Yorkers struggle with mental health illnesses and approximately 154,000 calls for help with mental health illnesses came into 911 dispatches last year alone. Police responses to some calls in the cities have escalated to violence or even death, including the shooting deaths of Miguel Richards, Susan Muller and Deborah Danner, all of whom suffered from mental health illnesses, and they were all shot by NYPD officers during encounters in their homes. Bill de Blasio said the 
COVID pandemic has made the importance of mental health and how emergency calls are addressed clearer than ever. If a family is in a crisis and is not a situation involving violence, we are going to send civilians to address those calls, de Blasio added. We have increasingly been using trained civilians prepared for exactly this kind of situation. The expanded citywide program is a part of the multi-pronged approach to mental health, which also includes new mobile treatment units that will respond to more severe situations. De Blasio also announced a new initiative that will train community-based organizations and peer counselors on how to handle mental health needs in their community. He ends, quote, The whole idea is to make sure that any community organization has mental health capacity built into it. Man, 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 man. That just made me so, that made me smile so much. Like just that, that, um, that awareness that that recognizing of these situations don't need to be this way. Mental health is something that you can't see, right? So it's not like, okay, if someone has a broken arm, you can see it because they're wearing the arm cast or they have a sling. You can see it. If someone has a broken leg, they're in a cast or in their wheelchair, you can see it. But if you have a mental health disorder, it's something that you can't see. So when you send cops, and again, you know my stance on the police, you know my stance, N.W.A. wrote an amazing song about it (laughs) when it comes to the police. You know, when you see people who are losing their lives because they're having a panic attack or an anxiety attack or anything else struggling with their mental health, and you send police there and they kill them, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is something that is just unnecessary, in my opinion. And I think that this is an initiative that hopefully can spread nationwide and hopefully can can spread... Um, you know, internationally as well, because, you know, you shouldn't make mental health, people who suffer from mental health think that they're anything less or make them feel like they're criminals or make them feel like, you know, they're only going to be met with resistance and or violence. I think that is so, I think that is so wrong, wrong in every sense of the word. And I think that recognizing these things um, and and making making calculated, uh, educated decisions on how to deal with these things is something that should be applauded and celebrated. I personally know people who suffer from mental health issues. Me personally, I've suffered from mental health issues at one point in my life as well, and I've sought treatment for it. And the reason why I had made sure to have you know, representatives in the mental health community on the show was to show that there is help available. There is resources available. And you're not alone in this thing. You know, you're not alone in this thing. If you have real bad depression or PTSD, you may think that there's no one that can help you. There's no one that understands. But there are people who understand. And there are people who want to help. And there are people who have dealt with the same things that you have dealt with and will give you a helping hand and will give you counseling and will show you love. So, you know, you're not alone with that. And I think that that is a, that is something that I'm going to continue to push on the show, more developments in the mental health space, because I think it's just very important, especially for people who look like me and from where I'm from, you know, living in areas like this, underserved, poor social economic conditions. That's a lot of trauma that, that gets heaped upon you, you know, in all ways from, you know, maybe your parents aren't around as much because, 
they have to work to provide, you know, you or your schools don't have all the adequate resources or, you know, there's extreme level of poverty or drug addiction, etc. That all affects our community and it can affect in turn the mental health of people in the community. So I just think that, you know, showing also just not giving police an opportunity to be police, if that makes any sense at all. I really love this initiative because it takes it it takes a responsibility that police are not trained to do away from police. Right? They're not trained to do a lot of things. You know, police are not really equipped to handle many things. I don't even know if really they can tie their shoes properly. You know, that's you know, obviously hyperbole, but you know what I mean. Like they really don't do a lot of things well in general, in my opinion. So I love that that they're taking that responsibility away from them to say, if we receive a call and someone's saying that they're having a panic attack or an anxiety attack, we're not going to de- deploy the police there because they're not even going to help this. The police, if you send the police to someone who's dealing with an anxiety attack or a panic attack or something like that, right? Or having a bout with, you know, a hallucination due to schizophrenia or any other mental health disorder, how would sending a police officer help in any way? Right. Anyway, naturally, when you know someone's in trouble, you call 911. That's just what you do naturally. But how would that help someone who is dealing with a nonviolent mental health issue? Sending the police there. The police are only there. They can only either write something down, right, make a report or give a ticket or arrest or what they do all the time. Kill. Shoot. Right. Shoot first. Ask questions last. So in, in, you know, just be, this is just a, 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 a system update in, in the system of the world, you know, like your iPhone every now and then has to update itself. This is a human update where we're not going to put the lives of people who are just dealing with certain issues, certain, certain, uh, problems. We're not going to put their lives in jeopardy because they, you know, maybe forgot to take their medication or they don't have resources available, readily available to them to seek help. You know, we're not going to send the police there and they're just going to kick your door in and shoot you. You know what I'm saying? Because you have an, uh, uh, um, you know, a, a problem. And I, and I really appreciate that, that this, this initiative and this sentiment that we're not going to continue to victimize, not victimize, but um, attack people who are suffering from mental health disorder so um round of applause for the city of new york man i I really man that really made me smile it really did it just reading that right it just really it really made me smile just to see like this is just an update in society the police are not really equipped to do much in my opinion in my opinion so let's take something away from them especially something as delicate and as sensitive as people who are dealing with mental health issues and i just I really appreciated that, man. I really love to see it. And I hope that more things along this line um, can continue. And we can take the steps, not obviously not to fully eliminate them because they're just, even though I would love that, abolish the police hashtag. You know, that's, that's you know, I get that tatted on me. But um, I know that in reality, the police as an organization will never be eradicated. But as But let's take certain things away from them. You shouldn't call the police on someone who is having a, a mental health issue. And I just, I really appreciate that, that update in society. So, um, round of applause again 
to the city of New York for this amazing initiative. And hopefully we will see more people um, able to be helped than hurt when they are dealing with their mental health disorders. And last on the docket, uh, we have two amazing feel-good stories for you to end the pod with. Um, the first is with Young Thug and Gunna, who I started the show with, with their song. So over the last week, um, it was reported, and I'm going to play you a news clip. Um, in Georgia, one day, it was a random day, Young Thug and Gunna went to a local jail in the Fulton County section of Atlanta. And they posted bond for i believe 20 or 20 20 to 30 people who uh were being held who could not post bond for themselves so on you know lower uh lower offenses like uh, a misdemeanor for stealing or something like that didn't pay the ticket on time you know bullshit that keep people behind you know you know how it goes and i believe fulton county jail was one of the jails what, that was suffering from overcrowding, meaning so many people were getting arrested and could not post bond that the jail was inequipped to house all the people who were arrested. So one day, it was a random day, and I'll play the clip again for you. Um, they just went up. They said they got a lawyer, and they went and they posted bail for so for about 20 to 30 people who was in the jail, and then they made them a meal, and then they sent them home, and it was like, man... You know, that shit almost made me want to cry. Like, that shit was great, man. It was beautiful to see. Um, just them giving back to where they're from. And especially, you know, um, helping the community. Like, you know, um, I don't even know how to put it. Like, how to phrase it. Like, the way that we look at, quote unquote, law and order has to be revisited. Just like we updated with help, at least in New York City, with sending out the proper qualified people to, you know, um, sending out the properly qualified people to deal with mental health issues. That's just a human update. There has to be an update in how, I suppose, the criminal justice is, you know, dealt with and reformed. Because more, most, most likely, you know, cash bail is something that literally targets black and brown people. That's a fact. Cash bail, the system of cash bail. Kyle Rittenhouse, the young 17-year-old from Illinois who went to a protest and shot two people with a rifle and walked right past the police, had a million-dollar bail. He posted it. You know what I'm saying? And there are a whole bunch of black and brown people who get smaller, much smaller bails, $600 bail, you know, or a $1,000 bail or $2,000 bail, and they can't post it, so they have to end up staying in jail because they can't post bail. So... With enough of me speaking, I'm going to let them speak, or the news report speak, so you can hear this amazing act of kindness that they did. And, man, I really appreciate shit like this, man. So here it is, news report in Georgia about the random act of kindness brought to you by Young Thug and Gunna. We caught up with both artists at Cleveland Avenue Park, where we found them cooking out and spending time with family and friends on Sunday afternoon. This is where we're from. But they aren't just using their fame and fortune to give back to their loved ones. In fact, on Friday afternoon... We just woke up and went to the jail with the lawyer and, you know, DAs and all the prosecutors and, you know, the, the bond company, bonding companies and just got as many people as we can out, probably like 20 or 30 people. 
The rapper's label, YSL Records, shared this exclusive video showing the moment dozens of Fulton County inmates were released from the county jail. Watch this emotional reunion between a father and his young son. You never know what somebody been through, bro, and I understood when I just, it was people sitting out three, four years that couldn't get out of, on a, on a, on a bun. If they did the crime, they could do the time, it's all right. You know, but it's like, you, you giving them a bun higher than what they stole. This random act of kindness comes just two months after Channel 2 got an exclusive look inside the Fulton County Jail, where at the time there were 2,900 inmates, 400 over capacity. So crowded, many are sleeping in public areas. This is some of the worst conditions I've ever seen. After getting released to their families, they were all served a home-cooked meal, but they also learned that they would be featured in a brand new music video. It's not scheduled to drop until Monday, but we were given permission to give you a sneak peek. That little baby and Gunner got us out. I know it hurt, but you still told me that you lie. We made it work, but you still found a ways around. It feels so good to the point where I, you start feeling like, oh, damn, this is why God put me here. He put me here to do this. So Young Thug and Gunner wouldn't disclose how much money they spent, but they told me this will not be a one-time deal. They plan on doing this again in the future, and they're hoping that their generosity will influence other artists to join their movement. Reporting in Northwest Atlanta, Michael Seiden, WSB Tonight. Holy shit, man. Round of applause, man. Round of applause. For Young Thug and for Gunna, man, for just this beautiful act of kindness. You know, you hear it. You hear them speak. <clears throat> he said it. If you do the crime, you have to do the time. That's We all understand that. But you putting these people in jail for, and you making their bond rates higher than what they stole. So let's say a, a person goes to a local store. Let's say they go to Target and they, they get caught stealing. They try to steal maybe... Uh, Let's make up something that's uh, of high value. Let's say they try to steal a PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5 is about, let's say, $600. So in this in this scenario, person gets caught trying to steal a PlayStation 5, so they get caught. The police come, they take them to jail. They'll make the bond for it, let's say, $2,000. So now this person who tried to steal something that's worth $500 can't get out of jail unless they post $2,000. Right. And more likely than not, they don't have that available to them to post. So then they end up having to stay in the jail because they can't post bond before their court date. And, you know, shit like that is like bullshit to me. You know, it's straight up bullshit to me. And it's a way to keep, in my opinion, in my opinion, I always have to say it, my opinion. It's a way to keep black and brown people in jails, maybe not in prison per se, but in jail not free, not able to be a part of society. That's my opinion. Um, so, you know, man, again, I want to play the round of applause. I might play two of them shits for Young Doug and Gunna because, man, that shit was great, man. It's just, it's amazing. And it's amazing to see um, people giving back, being uh, philanthropic, giving back to where they're from, their areas and their communities, helping people who you know they grew up with and shit like that and that's something that i want to do myself hopefully when i get to that point where you know i'm hot i've got money i'm lucrative i'm in a position of wealth i want to give back to the bronx like i want to build shit here for the bronx for the kids or for you know help the schools and shit like that so um man I'm, let me play this shit round of applause because 
Man, that shit is so amazing, man. Shout out again to Young Thug and to Gunna. And my last feel-good story for you before I cut out of here is uh, the what New York... New York is killing it, man. This is a very New York-centric show, I'll tell you that. But New York's killing it, man. It was just uh, uh, announced and or whatever released um, that New York State, the New York State Senate, has declared December the 18th as DMX Day. That is so great, man. Rest in peace, rest in power, rest in paradise to our fallen brother, Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX. And I'm going to read you the small article from The Fader, the headline, December 18th declared DMX Day by the New York State Senate. The day will be celebrated on the late rapper's birthday. Following the tragic death of rap icon DMX, his home state has officially moved to declare a day in his honor. The New York State Senate will officially consider December the 18th, the late rapper's birthday, as DMX Day across the state. The announcement came from the community activists Priscilla Etchi and Erica Ford during the rapper's homegoing celebration on Sunday, which aired on BET. Unlike Saturday celebrations streamed on YouTube featuring appearances by Kanye, Nas, Swizz Beats, Eve, and more, Sunday's event was not open to the public. Out quote, our New York State Senate has declared... December the 18th as Earl DMX Simmons Day, Etchie said during the service. His lyrics were wrapped on the Senate floor by Senator Jamal Bailey, who introduced a resolution in his honor. And he also has proclamations from the mayor, uh, from Mayor Spano and Mayor Sean Patterson Howard. Senator Bailey offered his own words in the rapper's legacy last week while co-sponsoring that resolution to honor him. In New York, we have our own hip-hop royalty. He is the Earl of Westchester County. He is DMX. He is one of the greatest hip-hop artists we will ever know, he said. May he rest in peace and may his memory be a blessing. Man, 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 man. Rest in peace again to DMX. We love you. We miss you. And man, it's it's so great to see legends, icons, and great people honored, you know, for what they did in their lives. You know, I would I would say that DMX was gone too soon, fifty years old. That's you know, we joke and say these ages are quote unquote old, but fifty years old is not a long time. It's not it's not old at all. Um, and you know, his his death was so tragic. You know, and he lived he lived such a uh um uh uh interesting life you know from his humble beginnings to you know unfortunately falling victim to drug addiction then being able to use music to to achieve success and to tell his story and to help so many people and he would you know then he really got into you know re, he was a born again christian you know he, he always would say he's god's child he always would be praying for people praying over people looking out for people he was just a great person more than a musician and it's so so amazing to see him be honored in this way and um you know it's it's just it's so great to just have people recognize you know the achievements and the accomplishments of people from where they're from as well and uh i really appreciate that sentiment as well from the new york state senate new york's killing it man what can i say it's the greatest city in the world what can i say um the greatest city and state in the world. What can I say? Um, you know, so man, shout out to DMX. 
we love you. We miss you again. Rest in peace. And shout out to all the people who made this happen for him to honor him in this way um, and giving him his own day in the state. And it's something that hopefully can you know, continue to go along where we have great people who do great things and help so many people and inspire so many people and, you know, uh, put out messages of positivity and love so much into the atmosphere. And when we lose them, you know, we just shouldn't say rest in peace one day and then it should be over. You know, we should honor them in how we continue to live and what we do um, to show them that we appreciate them. And um, I think that shit is very great. I think that shit is important. So, um, man, shout out to New York State and rest in peace again to DMX. We love you and we miss you. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 59 of the Bronx Buyers Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. Thank you again to everyone who tunes in, likes, subscribes, shares, and supports. Thank you to everyone who's active engaging with me on social media. Thank you to all the essential workers out there. And thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. Don't forget, check out the merch. Uh, BronxBiasPod.MyShopify.com Hoodies, t-shirts, tote bags, COVID masks, stickers, and much, much more to come. I'm just a young black man trying to get some money in his pocket to stay out of trouble. If you feel so inclined, I encourage, check out the site and purchase some things. Help a young brother out. I truly, truly appreciate you if you do. And I'm going to fade you guys out with a great, 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 great song today. And I was... Because I was so upset by the bullshit that people was talking about my guy, Corey Guns. I was going to play Six Foot, Seven Foot and make you listen to the whole shit again. But I'm not going to do that because you heard the verse already. So what I will do is play you a great song called Tweaking by Vince Staples featuring Kehlani off of the album FM. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 59. Have a great week, a great weekend out there. Be safe, and I will speak to you guys next week. We are out. And it go, get blessed by the God Don't get clapped on This a young black man with a backbone In a black home, I'm come back on In a Batmobile, black, no chrome, yeah When Jabari died, was off the porch for homicides Then when half it died, I bought some things to pass the guys But when Johnny died, all I had was shows booked Down in burning hell, I don't care how my soul look I know you gon' tell, I can tell by your froze look But I love you still, flaws and all, you my dog Put me behind bars and all, cause we came up at the park It's just crazy seeing everybody change when things get hard
back and I thought we done came Now I'm a face in the name Just got a cup on my tweets Told me to watch what I'm saying Just got a cup out the streets Told me to watch for a Jeep Liberty lurk in the east They hopping out ready to squeeze Niggas emotional nowadays Lying and hiding they cop ways Crying and cold when they catch a case Off of the porch in 11th grade Calling the week when my mama pray Probably want none of my karma came Just put the bins in my mama name Family first up in church at a young age She had the nigga at the gun range Would've been a lot more useful shit Who up in the pulpit, truthful shit Rich and poor people don't use your shit Might as well go and get used to it Trying to get rich, get everybody fed But everybody did, everybody did. We just lost somebody else this weekend